0: Of what we see how things are good you know I, I have I have this co-worker in South Carolina and we she's a recruiter and we email back and forth all the time and she would email me morning Johnny now yeah back. Like, good morning Morgan <laughs> it's good my sister we have a little group chat every morning and they don't move beyond good morning Good day to now, great day, great morning to start the day off with. And so I encourage all of us to look at every day as a good day. Some days, trust me, are better than others, but every day is a good day. Amen, amen, amen. I don't, I don't want to uh, hold you long today. I, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And as any one of these ministers will tell you, it's not an easy task. (laughs) It's not an easy task, but we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity uh, of what God is doing. Amen? Amen. So hopefully not before you long, but if you will, just for a brief period this morning, if you have your Bibles, your electronic devices, whatever you're on, Let's go to Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 7 through 10. Pastor Lamp, can you can leave me alone. <laughs> I <ain't> say it. <laughs> Hebrews, the third chapter, verses 7 through 10. And it reads, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. For a subject this morning, I want to talk about next level preparation. Next level preparation. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're just so thankful and grateful for this opportunity again to be able to stand before your people as your vessel. I pray now, God, that you will speak to me, through me, and answer me. Give us words, God, of encouragement, words of instruction, words of rebuke, words of correction, God, so that we may be thoroughly furnished, God, into every good works. Have your way in us today, God, knowing that your word is already blessed. Now bless us through your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, Christ's name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Next level. Next level preparation. So I ask a question. Thank you, praise team. Thank you. Thank you. Come on give our hand. Praise team, a hand clap of praise. Amen. How many of you are ready to go to the next level? We often talk about the next level, the next move, your next step. But in order to go to the next level, preparation must take place. You got to be prepared. That was an old saying, you know, coming up in the, and I think they might even see it now in the Baptist uh, denomination, that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And we, if you've been to any, any funeral or anything, if you've heard uh, Dick and Robert Levison sing. <laughs> he was always saying, The dressing up room is down here. You got to go to heaven from down here. Talking about being prepared. It is God's desire that we move our progress to the next level in Him. Listen to what He said Genesis 1 Talking about Adam and Eve. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So he's talking about progression. He's talking about moving forward. He's talking about, as we talked about briefly in our lesson this morning, evolving, growing, maturing, Developing. This is what God told Adam and Eve. He also said in Isaiah, listen, 43, 18, 19 Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert in order to move to the next level. We must be prepared. So how, how do we get prepared? What all entails in this preparation? First of all, by allowing God, first of all, committing ourselves wholly and totally committed to God. Allowing him to have all of us. He knows what's best for us. He made us. He created us. He shaped us and formed us. The psalm says that for, I am fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made. So when God made us and created us and placed us into this three-dimensional world, he sent us here with a purpose and with a plan, right. not for us to just mark time. Yeah. Yeah. One, of the, one, of, one of the things that is detriment to us, And I used to pray this prayer out of ignorance, always say it out of ignorance all the time, too, is that we want to be comfortable. And I just learned the other day, I'm not sure who said it, but said that comfortable is not always comfortable. What you consider to be comfortable is not even a comfortable situation for you. So, 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 so. And that is a place of detriment for us because if we become stagnant or complacent, there is no growth. You're not evolving. So understand now, we talked about this briefly in, in this morning, what God is... As we are preparing to return back to the mind of God, we're remembering from whence we came. We came from the mind of God. For whom for them whom he did foreknow Uh he did predestinate. So if he predetermined, so if he foreknew us, where did God foreknow us? In his mind. Let us in in, in his image, in his imagination, let us. So we came out of the mind of God. Everything that's in God is in us. In him we live, we move, we have our being as certain as our prophecy. We are his offspring. If I'm an offspring of God, I am a son of God. The same DNA that's in God is in me. Now, so if that's the case and God is perfect in all of his ways, he can do any and everything. Guess what? So can we. So in order for us to move to the next level to get prepared, we got to commit ourselves wholly and totally to God. We have to trust God when we can't even trace him. Yes, A lot of times that's our problem. Proverbs 3 through 5 tells us, in all thy ways acknowledge him yes, sir. and lean not to thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. We want to be able to put our finger on every aspect of our lives. And God is saying, Trust me. Trust me. Allow Him to have it. So, not only when times are good that we trust God, but in difficult times as well. There's some pruning. There's some pruning. That must takes place. (laughs) There are certain things and certain people that cannot go where God has taken us. So you got to understand, when God allows people to come into our lives, form relationships, associations, friendships, We allow us to uh, uh, to obtain or acquire material possessions. Those things are there to serve a purpose. And when that purpose has been served, it's time to let it go. So what happens oftentimes too many is we want to go to the next, but guess what? We got all that baggage in terms of people and in terms of things. People in our ear. Things that are dragging us and pulling us down. And God wants, in order for us to be able to, you know, you know, you think about an astronaut or a deep sea diver. Those folk have to have special equipment to go certain places. You, you can't go up so high without some special equipment now. You've got to be well equipped and you can't go so low without equipment as well. So God is equipping us; He's already equipping us, but then we want to add all this extra baggage, pulling us down. That won't work. We have to let it go. We make the mistake of trying to hold on to them after they have served their purpose, therefore preventing us from moving to the next level in God. John 15:1, Jesus states that He is the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman, the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. God wants us to be productive in our lives. And here he's not only talking about uh, fruit of as in winning souls, but we know that the fruit of the spirit is love, peace, joy, faith, meekness, gentleness, goodness, temperance, long-suffering, we must be producing that fruit in every aspect in every area of our life. And if we're not producing that, God begins to cut us back. Anybody ever done it in the pruning? You take those pruning shears and you begin to cut? Now don't you know when oh Lord have mercy when God, but when God begins to cut and cut back, think about this now. We're not losing, we're gaining. He's cutting back old and dead stuff that's unproductive. That friendship that said that's your friend, God is cutting it back. You know, people talk about, I'll cut you off. You don't have to cut them off. God will cut them off. You don't have to cut anybody off. God will do that. You keep walking according to what God has told you, and God will cut. (laughs) You know... <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you know how an eagle get rid of things. see, so well, eagle soars real high, right? Yeah. And there's some 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 creatures can't go up there with the eagle. And so what? And when they start wanting to attack the eagle, guess what he does? He just takes his wings and go up higher. Yeah. And they fall off. Yeah. So what? Michelle Obama was famous for saying, "When they go low, yeah. we go high." Yeah. But oftentimes too many when they go low, we go low too. That's our mistake. But I'm talking about next level preparation now because it's not going to be easy now. <laughs> because God is trying to get us out of our carnality. You know, so he begins to purge us. We also get prepared by listening to the voice of God. So here in our lesson today, in Hebrews 3 and 7, he writes the writer states, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation at, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Today, signifying a sense of urgency right now, even right now, while you're sitting here in Antioch Life in Richmond, Center viewing by way of Facebook, today. When God begins to speak, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. But the issue is a lot of times we don't know when God is speaking. Newsflash, he's speaking now. God is always speaking. And it's up to us to discern or to know the voice of God. How do I know when God is speaking to me? Good question. Jesus stated in John 10 that a sheep know his voice and a stranger they would not follow it comes from spending time with God and in his word the more time you spend with him the clearer his voice becomes when you don't know the voice of God you say things like something told me speaking out of ignorance something told me not to go that way something told me this or that or I had a feeling man I had a feeling because we don't know the voice of God. How do I get to know the voice of God? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Romans 10, 17 says, so then, faith, what God is saying, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We unlock our hearing by hearing the word of God. How can they hear without a preacher? you got to hear the preach and proclaim word of God in order to have your hearing unlocked. Yeah. Now, all that does is just unlock your hearing. Now, you got to spend time with God. Yeah. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in fellowship. We talked about that this morning. Spend time with fellowship so that we don't have to consult with others when God speaks. Yeah. We can hear E.F. Hutton, but we can't hear God, huh? Right, he you know, um, Proverbs Fleming, I think God is saying this. Oh, I'm, you know, I should know. If I'm talking to her, don't you know my voice? Oh, this is what Brother Pruitt said. So if God said, this is what God said, and we should know without a saddle of a doubt, and so that we can move our progress to the next. But we cannot do it outside of not spending time in his word, spending time with him, spending time in prayer. It's going to take that. So how does God speak? God speaks in love. God's not coming at us harsh. God is not out to get us he speaks in love. A soft answer turns away wrath. We just said that he's a, what? He's a good, good father, so he's not going to be hollering and screaming at us. God speaks in love. When God speaks, it requires faith. It requires you stepping out on what God said. So it's, it's ludicrous, as people would say you just step out on nothing that's the most erroneous thing I ever heard step out on nothing you better step out on something and that something better be what God told you to step out on because if God didn't tell you but here's the, here's the truth of the matter if God did not tell you to step out and you stepped out you gonna fall now you upset with God yeah. Yeah. I didn't tell you to do that yeah. right. like we're gonna force God hand and we gonna make God do something when God speaks, it requires faith. Right. It goes against the flesh. A lot of time, listen now, when our time when God was requiring us to do something, we're, just, we're still talking about next level preparation. We're just dealing with the first part of that verse about today if you hear his voice. How do I hear the voice of God? So it goes against the flesh. A lot of times the flesh don't want, the flesh, they, they said that the, the spirit and the flesh are an enmity against one another. When God's telling us to do something, the flesh don't want to do it. Won't you bless my mom with these $25? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that flesh don't want to do it. But if we do it, we'll find out. My mom's been praying to God for, 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 for a financial blessing, and God has now answered his prayer. Think of what that does to the mom's life. We've all been benef- benefits, uh, benefactors of uh, being in a food line or at a grocery store. I was just the other day. Getting ready to pay for your stuff. Oh, I got it. Oh, well, bless your heart. You know where that comes from? Because when they're in the line, I got it. Not the same person, but somebody else that God has led you to. You, I mean, I've been several times I go through the line at McDonald's. I'm pulling up oh, it's already paid for, that car in front of you paid for. And I'm looking at the car, that car, I don't even know who that individual is. But they're just saying, I'm going to pay for the meal for whoever comes behind me. So what I do in turn, I'll do the same thing to other folk as well. If you want to be blessed, you've got to be a blessing. But when God speaks, it is contrary to the flesh. Get up. We talked about it this morning, get up, and go to church this morning, Lord, it's raining outside and <laughs> Last night, man, I ain't getting no sleep, God. Huh? Get up, Go to church. Hear what is being said. goes against the flesh. It doesn't contradict his word. When God's speaking, it's in alignment with his word. Cross-referencing with his word. It's in alignment with his word. When God is telling you, that's what's going to cause us to prepare ourselves for the next level. Here's a, here's, a, here's a big one. His voice sounds like our voice because it's coming from within. His voice sounds like our voice because it's coming from within. Word is God. He's on the inside of us. He's not outside of us. Inside of us by way of his spirit. It's going to sound just like our voice. Now that I know how to hear the voice of God, scripture says, harden not your heart. Yeah. Harden not your heart. A hardened heart will keep you in a place of immobility, stagnant, not able to move forward. Hardened heart does not come overnight it comes through rejection and disobedience over a period of time when you can a lot of times we call ourselves protecting our heart because somebody has broken our heart somebody has betrayed our trust somebody has done us wrong and therefore, now we said that would, I would never ever let that happen again. And guess what we're doing? We're hardening our heart where nothing can penetrate. Where now I turn a deaf ear to what God is even saying. I don't even hear what God is saying anymore. Right. I don't even want, <laughs> I miss one Sunday of worship, I miss two Sundays of worship. Next thing you know, I'm not even coming back to worship anymore. My heart has become hardened. God told Ezekiel to let the children of Israel know that they had, the children of Israel had been scattered. And when he told them, let them know that he would take away the stony heart and give them a heart of flesh. Yeah. And that's the only thing about that heart of flesh. The heart of flesh, see, it can be easily massaged. That's what we want. It can be easily massaged and taken care of, but at the same time, it can be trampled all over. Yeah. And we don't want to put ourselves in that place of vulnerability. We don't want to be made vulnerable. But God says, you know what? I got you. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh so that you can love, so that you can hear my voice when I began to speak to you, so now that you can move to that next level. A hardened heart comes over a period of Time after rejecting the voice of God and walking in disobedience. Resisting God's will and his ability to doubt and his ability to bring deliverance. If God, you say you've been praying and praying and praying and praying for deliverance in a certain thing, in a certain area, God to answer your prayer. And all of a sudden, it does not come on your timetable. But we will say things like, he may not come when you want him. We, that's what we say. But he, and he's always on time. But when he doesn't come according to my time. Now I'm beginning to doubt God. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm believing that God cannot deliver on his promise, and therefore my heart is now becoming hardened. Yeah. Yeah. And the writer encourages us, don't harden your heart as in the day of Proverbs. Don't, gi- <laughs> we sing these, songs. don't give up on God, because he won't give up on you. He's able. Yeah. And we got to hold to that and hold that heart. A lot of times we call ourselves protecting our heart. In actuality, we're it. Yeah. We become callous and insensitive to people and to the voice of God. Nothing or no one can penetrate a hardened heart. Someone says something to us that hurt our feelings or offends us. Instead of forgiving them as Christ has commanded we vow to ourselves never ever to let that happen again. How do we prevent from having a hardened heart? By doing exactly what Christ has commanded in Matthew 5. Listen to this. You're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about next level preparation. <laughs> Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say, All men are evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice! And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Next level preparation. Are we ready for that? When folk put their mouths on us, when they talk about us, when they do, and when they intentionally do things against us falsely, can we rejoice and be exceedingly glad? So that's what's going to prepare us for the next level. And he would not ask us to do anything that he has not done. Jesus was able to do it. That's why he's telling us you can do it too. Right. These things that see we pick and choose. We pick and choose. These things that you see me do, greater shall you do. So we we hone in and we focus in on the miracles and and all these other. Thank you so much. All these other things. But he said that was going to be some hard times. That was going to be some challenging times too. Now. We're going to have to go through something because all it is is just crucifying this flesh, getting rid of this cardinality so that we can live in the spirit, that we can walk in the spirit, that we do not live our lives according to this outer, according to this shell, this body, this flesh, but according to the spirit that dwells on the inside of us. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Oftentimes we're too we're, we're, we're too much in the flesh, so that's next level preparation. He says, "As in the day of provocation, what was provocation?" So, so we got to change our mindset as it relates to the wilderness, as it relates through to going through God's chosen children, the children of Israel. God was going to give them. Houses they did not build, vineyards they did not plant, all of that, all of that in the promised land, but it's by way of the wilderness, by way of the wilderness. So what is the wilderness? Evangelist Thornton taught us a few days ago, representing our undisciplined thoughts scattered thoughts so before we go to the next level before we obtain the promises of god it's coming by the way of the wilderness god places us there so that now we can give attention to our thoughts they had just come out of egyptian slavery under the hand of Pharaoh, and God says, now before I put you in that promised land, I got to deal with your mind. I got to deal with your thoughts. I got to get you to know my voice. I got to get you to know that I will do exactly what I said I would do. And they failed miserably. God said, I'm not going to take you And put you in the promised land over there with the Canaanites, the Jebusites, all of these Because they're going to pull you away from me. You will no longer hear my voice. You will be conformed to what they're doing over there. So in order for me to prepare you for the next level, let me take you by way of the wilderness. So he's telling us, in order for me to prepare you, let me take you by the way of the wilderness. Let me isolate you. Let me get you in a place where you don't hear anybody's voice but mine. Because if I put you, I put you over in there, you're going to hear all those other voices in your head telling you the, how to live in a land that I have already given you. That's an old saying. That's why he has to do it. That's an old saying. Sometimes we don't look up until we're flat on our back. God wants to put us flat on our back so we look up and we don't see anybody but him. Now we can give attention to our muscles. <laughs> now you've been praying for that car. You've been praying for that home. You've been praying for that spouse, that husband, and that wife. Now when I give them to you, you ready for them. You're right, you're right. Now when I bless you with that car, you're no longer riding by the church. You're not watching it on a Sunday morning when you should be in worship service because I have dealt with your mind. Now when I give you that spouse, now that spouse is said, I'm not going to church. Because you're going to choose the right one. One that will go to church. That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing by way of wilderness. So don't look at the wilderness as something bad. It's something that we got to go through. Yeah. Moses, 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 Moses was on the backside of the desert in the wilderness, tending to his father in law Jethro's sheep when God got his attention. Yeah. A burning bush, so he turns aside and see what it is. And God began to speak from a take off your shoes. This is holy ground, Moses. God puts us in a place where he can say, hey, 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 me and you now. Mono, mono, one-on-one, I got you now. Let all the other voices fade away. John the Baptist, John the Baptist, he was a Nazarite. No razor should come upon his head. He should not drink any strong drink, neither be contaminated by any dead body. Come in contact with any dead body. Not only was John the Baptist one, Samuel was one, and and, and Samuel was one. But John the Baptist, where was he? Crying out where? In the wilderness. Before God prepared him for the next level to be the forerunner of Christ, he had him in the wilderness. So that he could proclaim the Son of God coming forth. Let us not forget about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 40 days and 40 nights where in the wilderness before he started his earthly ministry he was in the wilderness dealing with his own thoughts having this conversation with my sister the other day i don't know talking to himself yeah he was talking to himself he was dealing with his own thoughts before he could actually go out and start his ministry if you, this, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into the bread. If you, if you be the son of God. So he had to deal with He can't be dealing with that while he's out there trying to convert people and tell people about what's going on. So he places us in the wilderness so that we can deal with those thoughts. See, this is what was going on in the book of Hebrew. They had just come out of Judaism. And Christ had been taught and preached, and now he's ascended, he's gone. Now, because of persecution, they were being threatened, and they were all thinking about turning back. Sound familiar? Children of Israel? In the wilderness? At least we had graves in Egypt. You brought us out here to die, Moses, and started murmuring and complaining. That's what the days of Provocation. So he had to go there to deal with his thoughts as well, so that when he came on the scene, that he was well secure in who he was. Talking about next level preparation. Think about how God chose certain characters in the Bible to prepare them for the next level. Hosea. Hosea, you go take a wife or the whoredoms. You're going to take a wife that's whoring around, bring her, on, marry her. Yeah. And not only that, he told him what's going to happen. Not only that, she's going to have children outside and bring them back home. And you're going to buy her off the cell block. You're talking about next level preparation. Yeah. But you know why? So when Hosea stood before the people, he could tell them how God really felt about them. When they backslid against him, and they turned away from him, God said, I am married to the backslider. You are still yet my child. I don't care what your slide is in life, what your condition is, what you're doing. God still loves you. He is married to you and wants to deliver you. Yeah, and he put certain people in certain places to prepare them to give that message. You're not going through what you're going through for yourself. You are going through what you're going through for others. So, Matthew 5:16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, and your good works will glorify your father, which is in heaven, that God will get the glory. Ezekiel. Ezekiel had to lay on his left side for 390 days to symbolize the guilt of the house of Israel. So when he began to prophesy to the people, he could do it from his heart. See, People don't care. People don't care about, they don't care what you know until they, care that, until they know that you care. Right. Yeah. You can stand up here all day all and rattle off some stuff, but if I don't hear this right here, right. Right. I don't hear your heart, right. I don't hear your spirit, it does me absolutely no good. So what you're dealing with right now, what you're calling your wilderness experience, what you're calling go, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how I can change that terminology, going through. We use it as something derogatory or something negative. Man, I'm going through. Huh. Boy, they going through. You know, they going through. How about how about how about we just passing through, man? I just got to take this route, man. I'm just I'm just passing through so I can get to the other side. I got to pass through myself to even to get to the other side of myself. So it, it ain't that I'm going through them having all these challenges and trials and triple x. No, man, count it all joy, man. I see what's on the other side. I keep my eye on the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I see what's on the other side. Yeah. So this is a must. I must pass through. Going through. So I'm walking with my head. Not holding my head, man. I'm going through. Pray for my child. Pray for me. I'm going through. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yes, you know what you're going to do. Let God have his way. Let God do his perfect work. Let God prepare you for the next level. (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Prather. It's not about us but it's about the use of us we owe everything to christ we owe everything to god he died for us and that while we were yet sinners while we were yet alienated in our minds from god christ died for us we belong to him know ye not your body is the temple of the holy ghost you have been bought with a price therefore honor god glorify god in your body All to him I owe, all to him I give. Let him have his perfect way so that others can be blessed. Not only I'm blessed, but others can do be blessed as well. God wants to strip us away from our carnality so that he can have use of us. And he finally says, they do always err in their heart. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Jesus ended this by saying, "This people draw nigh unto me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. It's a hard thing. Next level preparation. We are the potter. God is the potter. We are the clay. He's shaping us and molding us to become exactly what he originally intended for us to be. So let God do what he's doing in your life. Give him the glory. Honor him. Don't push back against him. Let him have free course that he may get the glory. God bless you. Pray that something was said that would kind of help you along the way and inspire you and encourage you that we continue this journey that we're on. It's not, a, it's, it, the older folk would say it's a tedious journey, but it's a good journey. Now let's walk it out. Let's live it out. Run on and see what the end is going to be. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Yeah.